0: Well, as always, it is an overwhelming joy that I've been anticipating. You know, a lot of times I'll open up telling you where you've been all my life because I've been missing you since the last Wednesday night. You know, I'm an audience, come on, finish it up for me, an audience participation preacher. I stop talking when you stop sharing, commenting, liking. You know, all our social media platforms are just verifiably exploding and we thank God for it. Are you getting ready for a word right now? Tonight, I'm gonna continue my message with you. Psalm 23 in 2023, a living life-giving Psalm. I wanna talk to you tonight about our shepherd, our father. I want to ask you a, a couple of questions. First of all, he is your shepherd. We, we agree to that. Secondly, he is your father. And I think you're going to find out some things about that tonight. You may have never viewed from the perspective that I'm going to share it with you. So I hope it'll be revelatory to you, and I hope that you'll be built up in your faith as a result. Now let's talk about this for a moment. He is your shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? And then also we're combining the Lord's prayer with the 23rd Psalm. And the Lord's prayer, the Our Father, I like to call it that because that's how it starts. Our Father. Too much in those two words to take up the next year of Wednesday Night Live. Here's what it leads me to ask you. Very simple question, but one that demands an answer. How big is your God? How big is your God? Well, we know that Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think according to his power, which is at work, type in it's working, Ah, I feel that unction. Type in, it's working. It's working right now. But I don't see it. It's working. But, but I, I can't feel it. It's working. He's working. You can't see your digestive system. Unless you lay your hand upon your heart, you haven't been thinking that all day long your heart has been pulsating. But it is. And it's giving you life. You need to understand that what happens in you under the anointing of God is greater than what happens to you. We've got too much focus on the soulless realm. We are too emotional about things. We need to have spiritual revelation. First Corinthians 2:9. I has not seen. There it is. Ear has not heard. What, what does that mean? When I can't see it, he's still working. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to his power, which is at work within us, it is working. His power is working in you right now. His healing power, his delivering power, his comforting power, his power of wisdom. Phronesis, Sunisa, Sophia, they're all working in you right now. So why don't you just lift your hands and thank him that he never sleeps, he never slumbers, he's always working. Mm. Romans chapter one, your Bible says, concerning his son, whose son? God's son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born the seed of David, According to the flesh. Romans chapter 1, verse 3. Watch this. Here it is. He was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. He was set forth. Is a, is a better translation. He was set forth upon the horizon as the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. If you go out to the ocean, look as far as you can, you'll find that place where sky meets sea, right? And there's a line there. <laughs> In ages past, they believe if you ever sailed that far out, you'd just fall off because the world was flat. A whole lot of folks believe that spiritually. They believe when you get to the line of your own perception, listen to me, your perception is not the essential fact. I'm going to say it again. Your perception is not the essential fact. Your perception is the distance at which you can perceive or conceive something with your physical, natural senses. Hallelujah. But I need you to know this. The God that you serve got up on the other side of death. We fear that which we do not understand. And so on the other side of the horizon of death, he got up, and was therefore declared to be the son of God. So how big is your God? He's infinite. He, he is immeasurably limitless with no measure, with no boundary. He is eternally self-existent. He needs nothing to get going. He doesn't have to have a and B3 organ. He doesn't have to have a congregation that's super powered or a program that's always new. Listen, we have limited the greatness of our God. Sometimes when I'm in a service and something blesses me, I'll cry out my great God and remind myself that He's bigger than all my problems He's bigger than all my fears. He's bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. How big is your God? Job 26, verse 7. I knew I shouldn't have cracked the seal on this. Job 26, 7 says that he, meaning God, stretches out the north over the empty space, are you ready to shout? And he hangs the earth on nothing. Just leave it right there. I was, I was uh, watching a program not long ago with my son, Austin Chandler, and uh, there, there was a commercial that came on. And uh, no, it was a news broadcast and it was one of those men on the street things, you know, where they take a microphone and ask a question, you know. Well, they asked several folks who invented gravity. And it, it would be hilarious if it wasn't so tragic. Education in America is going bankrupt. No longer education, it's indoctrination. We're changing that. Harvest Preparatory School Network, preschool through graduation of high school across the country. And then Valor Christian College, quality post-secondary education with the Spirit of God running all through it. They said, you folks in the crew, you're going to love this. They said, all right, uh, here, lady on the street, said, uh, who invented gravity? The first one said, uh, Isaac Watts. The next one got a little closer. He said, uh, Sir Isaac Newton invented gravity. So the commentator said, so there was no gravity before Sir Isaac Newton. Nope, he invented it. Well, my Bible tells me that God hung this people planet, this blue marble in space. He hung it upon nothing. Well, where'd he come from? T-Man. He came from nothing. He came from nowhere. He stood on the non-existent and he reached into that deep black void. I'm talking about your God right now. He reached into that black vacuum and he grabbed a hold of something that was not there. And he hung it On the north. (laughs) The north is inanimate. The north has no substance. He hung it on nothing. And he told it only to move as he had said for it to move. He sent the thing spinning upside down, put the boundaries upon the oceans, pointed his finger and said, don't you dare spill a drop. And you know what? Nobody argued with him. They didn't hold any Senate or congressional hearings about it. Nobody disagreed with him because there was nobody there to disagree. He folded his arms and he said, "Hmm, I just made something from nothing. Well, tonight, wouldn't you like to see what God could do with something? before the heavens and the earth was ever made, when there was nothing but that sprawling blackness, heaven and earth were yet unmade. He stood on nothing. Nothing but formless void. The book said darkness was upon the face of the deep. I've just made aware of my watch. Time had not ticked. Not one second. And there he stood alone. He called light out of darkness. He created peace in the midst of perplexity. Hebrews 7 says, he, God, the God you serve, how big is he tonight? Put your need in comparison to the greatness of your shepherd and your father, the only true and living God, without beginning of days without end of life. I said it, I wanna say it again. He, He needs nothing to get started. It's not about you. Ah, It's about him and he needs nothing to keep going. He will not cease to exist. Now, I want right there to close my Bible and do one or two things. Take off running because I can't stand myself or have somebody unlace my shoes so I could just rock it on out of here and be like Enoch. He was and was not for God took him. God will not cease to exist because of backslidden pulpits. Nor lazy, lustful preachers God will not be done in by modern Pharisees with their religious rudiments, nor the Sadducees' voluminous books declaring he does not exist. With him, nothing, no thing shall be impossible. There was a preacher went to buy himself a, parrot. For what, I'm not sure. But nonetheless, he did. And when he got in there, he asked the fellow, are you sure it doesn't scream or, you know, say swear words or something like that? Oh, no, preacher. Absolutely not. This is a religious parrot, the storekeeper assured him. He said, you see, preacher, those strings on the parrot's legs there. He said, when you pull the right one, he recites the Lord's Prayer. And when you pull the left one, he recites Psalm 23. Wonderful, said the preacher. Pastor Rod's been preaching about the unity of the Lord's Prayer and Psalm 23. But now i got a question for you, the preacher said. He said, what happens if you pull both strings? <laughs> and that parrot screeched, are you cuckoo for cocoa puffs? I'd fall off my perch. <laughs> Let me give you a quote. The Lord's Prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, look at that. They've got a picture of me. Looks like they could have found one and made me look a little slimmer. In the Lord's prayer, the Lord Jesus assumes, under assumes that we would daily need to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to let that sink in. Jesus presupposes, if you will, that daily we would need to ask for forgiveness. And we do. There is a damnable doctrine that says after you've been born again, you don't ever need to ask for forgiveness again. Well, the only issue I have with that is that the Lord Jesus taught us to pray after this manner. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, hold on, and forgive us our sins, our debts, our trespasses, As we forgive those who have sinned, been indebted to, or trespassed against us. Let us not fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. The master blueprint, if you will, of effective prayer. The Lord's prayer is but six pregnant petitions, only six. In fact, it's only 70 words. I find that interesting. It's only 70 words. Yet it encompasses every prayer of the Psalms with its 150 divisions, its 133 pages. This succinct, all-encompassing prayer has often been referred to as perfect. Well, it came from the lips of the Lord Jesus. When the Lord Jesus gave it to you and me, when he gave it to his disciples, he drew it from his lifelong experience as a Hebrew, as a Jew, of praying the Psalter the book of Psalms, that's evident. It it just, it's evident in every line of the Lord's Prayer. The Savior's familiarity, his understanding of the Psalter, is so clear in, in passages like Luke 24, where in verse 44, he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was with you. Hmm. That all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, watch, the law of Moses, in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me, Jesus said. Prayer, prayer alone, dear friend, is the catalyst of desire. Mark eleven twenty-two to 24. What thing soever you desire, heavy, passionate, breathing, as desperate for it as a man drowning wants a breath of air. Expectation. The catalyst of simple faith is prayer, that assurance that if we ask, it will be given to us. Matthew 7, 7, if... Ha, that two-letter connector, only if. Again, prayerlessness is sin. Now, don't drop your head. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. But you have to ask yourself, concerning your prayer life, are you walking according to the flesh or walking according to the Spirit? Because prayerlessness is sin. 1 Samuel 12, God forbid, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Maybe this is one of those moments when you want to ask for forgiveness. Prayer, ah, I just love it. Prayer is the heartbeat of our life, the rhythm. In everything we do, every day in everything we do, everything we do everywhere, the rhythm, the pulsation of ceaseless prayer, that we are in constant communion through the Spirit in Jesus Christ before the throne of God. We possess no higher calling, you and me. We have no more basic, no more fundamental imperative or indispensable ingredient for victory and for releasing the spirit of revival than to pray. If my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Here's what he embounds, The great apostle of prayer had to say about the whole thing. The prayers of God's saints, are the capital stock in heaven by which Christ carries on his great work upon the earth. The great throes, ah, and the mighty convulsions, he's talking about the spirit, on earth are the results of these prayers. Let me ask you the question, why won't people pray? He went on to say, Earth is changed by prayer. Earth is revolutionized by prayer. Angels move on rapid wings when God's people pray. And God's policy is shaped as the prayers are more numerous and efficient. Psalm 23 and the Lord's Prayer are in all probability the two most often prayed prayers. Let me me not say prayed prayers, let me say spoken prayers. I don't know how much faith is attached to a lot of the times these prayers are spoken. Certainly they're the most too often used prayers in the entirety of the Bible. And I think as preachers and as believers, we spend far too little time examining them. There's one in the Old Testament, one in the New. Neither one of them is lengthy. (laughs) Preachers are lengthy, but not so much these prayers. They're both masterfully crafted. They're divinely constructed for maximum teaching and functionality in our daily walk with the living Christ. The Lord's Prayer is even more pointed, more, let me, I'll say refined. And as I've said, Jesus. It's his amazing, off-the-cuff, immediate response to the question his disciples asked. One of them, teach us to pray. God is still in the life-changing business. And I feel like there's a multitude tonight watching. You're ready for a life change. You're, You're not ready for an added social event on Sunday morning for 45 minutes. You need... Jesus and you know it that spirit of alcoholism will come off of you that spirit of confusion regarding your sexual identity will come off of you God is in the miracle business that fear and anguish will leave you that pain will be touched by God with the balm of Gilead. I want you to open your heart right now. The first thing we're going to do is ask God to forgive us. Our Father, pray with me, come on. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done right now in my life, right here where I am in my automobile, in my school dorm room, in my living room, in my bedroom, right here where I am right now. Lord Jesus Christ, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come now here on earth where I am as it is in heaven. Give me this day everything that I need. Forgive me of my sins. Come on. Vocalize it. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And right now, with a humble heart, I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me. This preacher said I could become a new creature if I would ask. I ask you right now, forgive me. Take over my life. I give it to you. And give me the assurance that I'm forgiven. I'm a Christian, and there's nothing hell or the devil or anybody else can do about it. I accept you. I believe in you. I confess you as my personal Savior. I'll live for you as you show me how. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you have just received heaven's attention. The living God of all creation Himself through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ has heard every word that you've said. And He said, if you would ask, you would receive. It is done. Welcome to the family of God. There comes a time when the Holy Spirit says, this is the moment. You know, folks can't come to Jesus just whenever they decide to. Your Bible says no one comes to the Father but by Jesus Christ, lest the Spirit draw him And my great God all over the world tonight, the Holy Spirit is speaking, come to Jesus. You haven't done anything big, bad, mean, ugly enough to get God to turn his back on you. He turned his back on his son on that cruel cross so that he could never have to turn away from you. He loves you right now. I've thoroughly enjoyed my time with you tonight. I am going to stay on the Lord's Prayer in Psalm 23 till the Holy Spirit directs me otherwise. And I trust you've been touched tonight. I hope you'll remember how big your God is. I sure love you. May God bless you as you are a blessing. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I wanna invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day. And for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.